0: Up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hook them up hour two of five this morning. Uh, you always can find us on the Horn app at 1019 at AM 1260. And not today on cameras. If you're used to enjoy watching us on the Twitch and on the uh, YouTube, we do appreciate that. So we have been able yes, to. Sir. We're dealing with some uh, audio issues. The cameras work fine, but uh, it's been kind of garbled. Trying to troubleshoot that today and hopefully be back up on our YouTube channel and on Twitch tomorrow. But uh, until we rectify the problem, go ahead and just fire it up on the Horn app at hornfm.com or however you traditionally listen. So easy. It's too easy. Yeah, man. But uh, no no cameras today, Rod. So you know, it's a little dark in your corner of the home studio here today in Onion Creek Studios. Always comfortable. I but, appreciate but the hospitality com- here. Sure, man. Dog likes having you over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> She's, She's nice. got a friend. She is. Because nice. I pretty much ignore her. She's always around me. She gets tired of me. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> oh, I like Chelsea, man.
0: Hey, by the way, some cleanup from hour one into hour two now. Rod will have his rant coming up. We've got uh, uh, bullish or BS for the end of the hour. But uh, you know, we, we, I asked off the top of the show, when does the NFL, you know, when's the date when they can start flexing games? Because I can't imagine that they really want – the Raiders and the Jets in primetime on Sunday night over Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Seriously, come on now. Uh, that's what we get this Sunday. You get the the best game of the day is the six and two Jags against the uh, five and three Niners in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence against that uh, Kyle Shanahan Christian McCaffrey offense, and uh, it's it's noon, noon yeah. game. They they didn't yeah. move it yet. We get the Jets again on on Sunday night. They got to start flexing. It. But here it is, flex scheduling. And by the way, this. Year, you can. They're going to be able to move games from Sunday to Monday and vice versa, so they can Ooh. move the Monday night game too. That's nice. Uh, nice. And day. the Sunday game, because normally what it is is just flexing a good Sunday afternoon game into the night. And the week thirteen and beyond. Week thirteen and beyond.
1: Thirteen and beyond. I'm with you. I'm, what are we in? Week 10? ten? Ten. Like ten. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Move that up a couple of weeks. I guess ten, maybe two, maybe week eleven, though.
0: Yeah, I think week it's. 11. I think the trade deadline needs to move back about three yeah. weeks to a month. Switch them. Switch them. Good idea, Rod. That's a great idea. Switch
1: them. There you go. That's easy peasy. Switch them. We're going to switch it. Flex. We're going to flex where the trade deadline used to be. Trade deadline. You go where we used to flex it. Was that? We th- boom. Boom. Fixed it. You're welcome, NFL. All right? E, e working hard for you. He's trying to improve
0: your product. Yeah, you know, we, we criticize. We also come with ideas. We
1: come with solutions. Solutions oriented. All right? I like that.
0: Yeah, we, we, we do. <laughs> and as for the current odds to win the Heisman Trophy, Rod, as we debated there, right, right. now, Michael Penix. Uh, that makes sense. Undefeated team. He's the dot BetMGM.com. Michael Penix Jr., Washington's the lead candidate, plus 150. Yep, that makes sense. Followed by Bo Nix of Oregon, plus 200. Jaden Daniels of LSU, plus 300. J.J. McCarthy, Michigan, plus 600. Jordan Travis, Marvin Harrison, Carson Beck. Yeah. So you I know, JJ McCarthy can up his eyes with a great performance against Penn State on Saturday for the Michigan Wolverines. Which you wonder if JJ, you know, that whole Michigan thing comes with the <clears throat> the stain now of the of the scandal. Which I'm not saying anything about JJ McCarthy, but it's just one of those things that will hover over that program moving forward. But Michael Penix, big time player, Longhorn, saw him in the Alamo Bowl last year doing yeah. his thing for the for the Huskies. Yeah,
1: no, said he's, he's the real deal. He's got it. He's got a gun. And like I said, this kid. Bring it full circle that TCU is starting a quarterback. Josh Hoover was recruited by the DeBoer at Indiana.
0: Yeah, Josh Hoover, who so the Longhorns will see. He,
1: it, it, not saying he's Michael Penix Jr. or anything, but he's got similar traits. And it, that cannon is one of them. He
0: can throw it, man. He well, and remember, I mean, if you, you – I mean, throw that thing. In the Big Ten, Indiana is, uh, you know, basketball. They haven't been any good in that either. But they're, you know, football, they're an afterthought. When Michael Penix was there, they actually were were a threat. Uh, yes, they, had, they were then they beat Michigan one of those years had, with Michael Penix, and he had that injury. And, and that's it, know, yeah. when, when Kalen DeBoer got the uh, head coaching DeBoer got the head coaching job at Washington, mm-hmm. he, he brought him with him through the portal, and so he's a very experienced player uh, playing for Washington, who's sitting sitting undefeated right now at number five in the country. Odds to win the NFL's MVP Rod we were talking about Patrick Mahomes right now in the same sports book Bet MGM is the leader plus two seventy five. I know, he's just Jalen Hurts so steady. Jalen Hurts is plus three hundred. Man. Lamar Jackson plus 400, Tua is plus 600, Joe Burrow plus 900. Tua might, might be good value
1: for you because he's leading the NFL right now in pass rate. Remember, I gave you the stat in What the Facts uh, that there are seven QBs in the NFL right now with a passer rating over 100. And the guys that you expect to be in there, the, guy, the two guys who are leading right now in uh, MVP odds, they're not, the, they're not among the seven. Wow. Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts outside of that. Uh, tour, but Tua is tour is at 106. He's leading that group. He's at the highest passer rating in the NFL. But then followed by Brock Purdy. Uh, followed by Kirk Cousins. All right. Then C.J. Stroud, hey ladies now. and gentlemen. And how about this? Russell Wilson. Denver uh, getting the, yeah, the Russell Wilson is actually
0: playing decent. And Nobody uh, cares if they're losing. But <laughs> well, their defense has been really bad, but they yeah. beat, the, beat the Chiefs. No, you're right. They're Broncos country, playing. let's ride. Let's
1: ride. <laughs> Did he retire the Let's Ride thing? Uh, then Lamar Jackson, he's at sixth uh, at 100.8, and then Dak Prescott, big Dak energy, folks. 100.7 passer rating. When's Dak
0: gonna get some MVP love? Come on, now, got to win some big games. You gotta win. Uh, there you it go. is interesting because I'm looking at the because uh, at noon, Jacksonville plays San Francisco on Sunday, but also Houston plays Cincinnati in a good game, which all of a sudden. Honestly, Houston hey, becomes sexy. a little bit of muttsy TV. And, you know, who would have predicted two months ago when the season began that we'd get to this matchup in Cincy at noon? And C.J. Stroud would have far better numbers than Joe Burrow does. C.J. Freaking I mean, C.J. Stroud has over more than 500 passing yards more than Burrow. He's got two more touchdowns than Burrow. He's thrown yeah. three fewer interceptions than Burrow. I oh, mean, Joe Burrow's <laughs> passer rating. He's 16th. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he's on the come. That's the reason that he he, him at plus 900 through eight games, I would, that, that's a good value because like you you. You like he, we that. all know Joe Burrow played the first month of the season injured, and yeah. he was just trying to gut it out, and he couldn't move, and they, everything was out of the shotgun for them in Cincinnati because they didn't want him to have to drive – because he had that calf, right? He hurt his calf mm-hmm. in, in training camp, and he re-injured it to start the year, and they were just trying to navigate the early part of their schedule – and really the first six games, you know, since he's come back from the bye week, his two games against San Francisco and Buffalo, two pretty good defenses, he's been outstanding. He has been good. Uh, so, you know, his best football to come, uh, I would I would put a little 100 bucks, C-note no, on that deal. I,
1: I would go – Lamar Jackson would be a good one for me, I think, in value because yeah, that system is oh, new. Yeah, that
0: is a good, that's good right? value.
1: That system is new to him, and, you know, he's only going to get more and more comfortable in that Todd Munkin system. And their defense, as we've pointed out multiple times, their playing they're on, they're, they're, they're on pace to play, like, one of the best defenses in recent memory in the NFL, in NFL history. Like they, I will give you some of the stats, but in terms of touchdown percentage allowed and uh, if you go look at their kind of overall defensive metrics, the Browns may be the only team that's uh, having, playing with a better uh, defensive uh, tenacity right now than the Ravens. So they're on the come up. So I think that's good value. Tua and Lamar Jackson will be good value in that conversation.
0: And Joe who's Burrow, it? to my point, he, um, yeah, that? he uh, it, you know, since coming back from the bye week and you got to get that, that calf fully healthy, now they've got their full playbook and he can move a little bit. That's always been the strength of Joe Burrow is the ad-lib plays, uh, yeah. that when the pocket breaks mm-hmm. down, he can roll. And, exactly right. Uh, and he's got those great Off receivers, schedule. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins.
1: Hey, Uh, 7-11.
0: 7-11. Jamar Chase, that's
1: his nickname. Oh, he's over.
0: He's got a a chain. I'm always open. Piece a chain. I love that. That's that swag all the way. (laughs) Uh, But in those two games since coming back against really good competition, San Francisco and Buffalo, 631 passing yards, five Ooh. touchdowns, no picks Yeah, for Joe Burrow. So yeah. he's on the comeback. And the Texans will have to deal with him on Sunday. But, you but said they got to deal to with slow. C.J. Stroud. Yeah. No, but you, you – Oh, every year. Joe – It's that, like, you said like death and like, like, taxes. Joe Burrow will always – Start for some, some reason. Feature fantasy quarterback. Be patient. Maybe start somebody else <laughs> for the month of September. <laughs> don't freak out,
1: right? Because, uh, yeah, so sort of injury. Remember, it, we,
0: it, one year it was coming off the knee that yep. cost him his rookie year. And then he – you know, first month he was still kind of getting back. Then he had the appendectomy. Uh, yeah. last year, uh, the one year. And of course, and then one year he's in the Super Bowl after all that. And now here he is coming back from the calf. Yeah, just don't count on him much in September. But October, November, December, <coughs> very few better. He's clutch, baby. Than, than Joe Burrow. That. Yeah. I and mean, what a quarterback matchup that becomes, right? I mean, the the Cowboys is Dak Prescott against Tommy DeVito. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, so, how, how much are the Cowboys going to win that game by? Over under on somebody
1: who's announcing that game, uh, saying Danny at one point. Cause the, I will
0: say it. Yeah, man, I'm going to call say, him Danny DeVito. Well, saying, I I'd rather watch Danny DeVito play quarterback <laughs> than Tommy DeVito.
1: <laughs> the, rate, uh, the ratings would be through the roof if Danny DeVito was playing quarterback. Let's be honest. <laughs> but, you know, Somebody's going to throw it out there. I know because that's the most famous DeVito, I think, that people know. Uh, but, yeah, the, we, we are watching a lot of backup quarterbacks and a lot of young quarterbacks having to play. So it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having about this quarterback class yeah. and how important it is. Um, they already set a, a, a record, right, for rookie quarterbacks that have started a game so far this year. Oh, yeah. With the halfway point.
0: Ten. And
1: they're, they, ain't been, they ain't been great, rookies. We ain't talking about phenoms and prodigies.
0: Yeah, this, this – <laughs> coming at a good time. The league needs an infusion of young, good young quarterbacks. I agree with this, yeah. And C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young could be the start of that from last year and that, with the way Will Levis is playing in Tennessee. But this coming draft class could be another – Oh yeah, you can infusion. have better with it, yeah. But I'm just—I mean, again, this is not to disparage the family of Tommy DeVito or the name. I'm just—I don't. The, the Cowboys' defense has shown an ability to overwhelm good quarterbacks, right? I mean, good quarterbacks on bad teams, yeah, Matt, bad yeah, team. with bad O lines. But yeah. Matt Stafford's—you know, fringe, a fringe Hall of Fame quarterback—they yep. destroyed him. Um, you know, the the Mac, Mac Jones. You know, I don't know. He's first round pick, but he's. You know, but again, this guy Tommy is a third string quarterback. Uh, Cowboys are going to. Destroy the guy. You feel like <laughs> it just does. I, I don't know what they're. You know, Saquon Barkley, poor guy. Uh, that game is coming up uh, middle of the afternoon on Sunday.
1: Hey, you know what? Some of these young quarterbacks have shown out though. Well, oh, I mean, CJ, C.J. Stroud play. again
0: has been C.J. the best. But
1: then we saw I mean, we've seen every now and then the young quarterbacks have good showings. He, this, this won't happen to Tommy DeVito though, because there's not film on them.
0: Well, he's I mean, I mean, hard got to, got to, to play against the Jets him. in that horrible game where there were more punts than points. Uh, when the Jets played the Giants. Yeah, that was ugly. He played in that game, and they wouldn't let him throw the ball, Rod. Yeah. Like, they would, it was all handoffs. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't let him throw the dang ball. we'll, we'll see. He's going to have to throw the ball against the Cowboys, and that could That's be a bad way. thing. Mm-hmm. Look for Deron Bland to, have to add to his leading, league-leading pick six number yeah. uh, in that uh, game. you're right about hey, that. Hey, can we get to the headlines, trending topics, uh, here on this second hour of our five? Top Gun Reynolds and Lonic will bring you the top stories. It starts with college football. Seventh ranked Longhorns continue to prep for their trip to Fort Worth Saturday night to face TCU in the final game ever as members of the Big 12 conference. Longhorns saying their bon, bon voyage. Uh, Longhorns are a 10-point favorite, according to the odds makers. TCU does though boast an 8-8-3 eight, eight record. Against Texas since they joined the Big 12. Both teams enter the game with big questions at quarterback Quinn Yours remains uncertain to go for a third straight week. TCU junior quarterback Chandler Morris will miss his fourth straight game. So it could be a battle of the backups depending on the Yours health situation. Uh, Malik Murphy would get the start in, in his spot. As for TCU, Josh Hoover has already been announced as a starter for Sonny Dykes. He's a freshman from Rock Rockwall. Uh, in his young career. He's got a great game against BYU in his debut as a starter. Threw for over 400 yards and four touchdowns and a blowout win over the Cougars, but also made plenty of mistakes. He's thrown seven touchdowns and seven interceptions so far. Also from college football, second-ranked Michigan travels to 11th-ranked Penn State on Saturday in the biggest game of the day. Yesterday, Michigan officials and their lawyers sent a 10-page letter to Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petitti warning him about overstepping his authority and rushing to judgment in the investigation into their head coach Jim Harbaugh and the alleged sign-stealing scandal within the program. The letter insists that Petiti cannot unilaterally discipline Harbaugh under the conference's sportsmanship policy. The letter is Michigan's response to the Big Ten's notification of potential discipline of Harbaugh undefeated uh, in the team there, which is among the favorites to win the national championship. Wolverines must now await Petiti's response. Big Ten's first-year commissioner will decide whether to punish him quickly or wait for the NCAA to complete its investigation hoops last night. Texas women open their season with an easy win over Southern. They uh, get the 80-35 victory. Moody Center, senior Taylor Jones led the way with 19 points and 12 boards. NBA, all three Texas teams in action. Two lost. Knicks beat the uh, Spurs last night, 126-105 at Madison Square Garden. Victor Wembanyama's debut on Broadway did not go well. Uh, Wendanyama manages one basket in the first three quarters. Knicks rolled a win. Mavericks took a loss on home floor just their second of the young season. Raptors beat them 127-116. Great night for the Rockets. They rolled past uh, the Lakers down in Houston, 128.94. From baseball, LA Angels have hired Ron Washington as their next manager. 71 year old hasn't managed since resigning as a, the skipper of the Rangers back in September of 2014. He will take over the Halos. Horror headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight.
1: Sark's media availability is going to be today, and we've talked about it. Probably the, uh, the number one question is going to be asked is, you know, who's getting the most reps in practice among the quarterbacks, uh, first-team reps in practice among the quarterbacks? Um, Sark may decide, opening statement, to throw that out there. Uh, he may decide he wants to be <clears throat> pretty coy with it, and I totally get why because why would you give that information to your opponent and let them easily – know game plan for who's going to be the starting quarterback right now they got a game plan for two that puts them at a disadvantage um so i think he's gonna go he's gonna be mysterious about it i don't know if he'll get he'll give us clarity on who's getting the most reps at starting quarterback i think he wants it he wants the misinformation out there possibly that it could be malik it could be quinn and uh i don't know if we'll find out till game time actually who's going to be starting quarterback i think it may be a game time decision
0: well, and one of the things added to that – Why wouldn't it be? Well, the other thing that uh, we've talked about, Rod, and I, I've heard behind the scenes that Quinn Ewers is kind of you know, – you heard Sark say it on Monday that this team is, is amped up to make amends for last year's game in this, in, in this mm-hmm. spot. And there, there's, there's folks that think that Quinn Ewers uh, still laments that game, that uh, you know, he, oh, yeah. wants, he wants to, to get another shot at TCU. Uh, and, and Sonny dyke 's team, of course he 's a Metroplex kid from South That's Lake Carroll, which is yeah. not far from Fort Worth uh, so this would be you know, is, that, is that added incentive to uh, for him to to, to get mm-hmm. back and again, what percentage is he i mean he, he only, as yeah. Sark said Monday, the only person who knows is is him. I mean, we, we can't feel for the kid. How is the arm? I mean, you can try to judge the, the arm velocity and how the ball comes out of his hand and those kind of things. But, uh, you know, I, I do think an 80% Malik, uh, Quinn gives you a better chance than a 100% Malik at this point. Just That's because. The question. Um, even when he struggled last year as a, as a freshman, he didn't turn the ball over at the rate that Malik is. No. And uh, put the ball in peril like Malik has. And that's how you lose this game. I mean, it you know, nearly cost you the game against K State. Uh, but on the road in front of a sellout, raucous crowd looking to pull the upset and, and derail the Longhorn season, uh, you know, turnovers can, can really swing momentum. So we'll see. We'll hear from I agree with you that, that uh, Zoom is usually about 11 o'clock this morning. And then, uh, first question. Her, and Sark may know. address it in kind of the opening statement I think just he just may, to get I, ahead of it. I
1: think he knows that that's
0: what people want to know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So
1: he, he may decide to just say, uh, quarterbacks, are splitting reps. Well, a lot of times uh, you'll just you'll,
0: you'll have a little statement in there, however you want to say it. And then if anybody else asks further, you say, I've already answered that I've question. I've already answered
1: that question. Yeah, I think
0: the that's the way I wanted right. to frame it. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, right now, let's uh, go to the rant. It's about 7.15, just past 7.15 on this Thursday morning. The weekend starts here. Let's get to Rod's rant.
1: All right, um, let's talk a little bit about. I want to see if we can throw in some Texans conversation and Cowboys conversation. If we don't have time for the Cowboys convo, then we'll get to that in the second uh, rant of the day. But let's talk about CJ Stroud just for a second and what he's doing with the Texans, because I have some sound from CJ Stroud describing the game winning drive. Uh, versus the Tampa Bay Bucs and Tank Dell, who's becoming you know one of the favorite targets of C.J. Stroud uh, right now. Talking about uh, giving you know giving a little anecdotal story as to uh, what the um, the leadership, one of the examples of the, the leadership qualities of C.J. Stroud. Um, so we'll get into that, but just to give you a little perspective about C.J. Stroud and what he did last week, uh, C.J. Stroud he did score 41.8 fantasy points. Uh, that was the most ever by a rookie quarterback. Uh, 460. 70 passing yards. We already discussed that most ever by a rookie uh, in the game and five passing touchdowns also most ever by a rookie in the game. Um, but he's 13th right now in pass attempts. So they don't, they, they throw the ball because their running game is terrible. They're averaging 3.2 yards per carry. And third worst uh, rushing, def, uh, rushing offense if you're looking at yards per carry in the league uh we've talked about the mass unit on the o-line but 13th in passing but third in passing yards per game uh third in average net yards per attempt fourth in fantasy points per game at 20 um that's fourth most by rookie third in yards per pass uh which is at he's over, he's over nine yards per pass if you look at passing touchdowns he's Sixth in the league, passing yards. He's seventh and passer rating. We talked about this early on. He's top five at this point. He's fourth in the league. And he's got the fewest interceptions, which is mind blowing for a uh, young starting quarterback who's a rookie uh, to be throwing that much and have only one interception. He doesn't make the same mistake twice. That's something Bobby Sloick said. He said, Once he makes a mistake, it registers for him, and he said, I don't, I don't see him make the same mistake again. I don't have to remind him, hey, remember we said this is what you should do, or this is what you look for. He said, I don't have to remind him of anything, and he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Uh, but he also has uh, this this ability to uh, on the fly, and I'm going to say it's improvisation, but in real time, in real time, almost diagnose defenses and – and and be able to um, direct his receivers as to what he needs them to do to execute his uh, adjustment, right, whatever it may be. We saw it in the Atlanta game, the go-ahead touchdown Atlanta game. He tells Dalton Schultz, hey, Dalton, I need you to adjust your route, all right? I need you to throw in a, a fake into the route. It's a seam route, but I need you to fake like you're going to the sixth route. I'll pump it, and once I give the pump fake, you'll be wide open, all right? That was Bobby Sloak said. He asked CJ Stroud if he had any ideas uh, on that drive, that was the idea that he had he said he 'd been watching that safety all game long, and the safety would bite he said there 's no doubt if we run this play, the safety is going to bite because he 's been trying to jump it all all game long he 's been itching and inching to jump it right and I think that 's part of his ability as a quarterback right to be able to uh, play the chess match within the game. He is great. He's a young chess master. He's great at the chess match within the game. So listen to C.J. Stroud here describe what happened on the game-winning drive versus Tampa, and you'll also notice some of that, uh, the, the, that those chess master qualities about him.
2: The first play, I mean, we ran out there. I mean, I had complete confidence. Um, I knew that we needed a touchdown. We had two timeouts, which was, which was huge. Um, and really, when you start a two-minute situation, which we only have 46 seconds, you just want to get it started. So um, – uh, Dahl did a great job by being being greedy and taking a lot of yardage And on that little shallow route, and we started it, and we called timeout. Uh, the next one, I think I checked it down maybe to him again, and we ran bounds, called a timeout again. And then Noah, uh, I kind of gave him a little nugget because um, we were going a little deeper, and I wanted him just to get the ball and, and just get yak. And so I told him, like, hey, go short a little bit on this, and he did a great job and great body language, uh, threw it to Noah. Next play, run the out route to tank, great catch. I honestly don't even really know where I put it, um, Cause I got hit and I just like looked up and everybody was cheering. So All right, we completed it. Um, and the next play, we just had to put that in on sideline. So Bobby did a great job of just uh, filling the, the tempo of the game and feeling what we, we probably needed. And had a play we ain't worked on since training camp. And uh, literally, you, I know the tank was na- I mean, the tanks route was nasty. I didn't get to watch. It, I just threw it. Um, but I just had to take care of the safety. Um, They're in quarters. Um, once the safety buys by the inside route, I throw the outside route. And his job is beat the corner. And um, Texas win. The first,
1: so much to like about that clip. Uh, First of all, I love that at the end he says Bobby Slowik pulled out a play that they hadn't worked on since training camp, which means nobody's seen it so far this season. All right, and that was his money play. I always say coaches got to have money plays. You got to have a money. Remember, I was talked about Chris Kleiman going for it on fourth down, and he didn't have a money play. He's got a concept that he thought would work, a switch route. And it's like, that's not a money play. You gotta have a money play, a play that you know. is like, no, nah, I, I, we may not have run this play, but I know in this situation, it's money. Straight cash, homie. Bobby Sork had a money play that they hadn't worked on, that they hadn't shown, uh, hadn't worked on it since training camp, and they pulled it out and executed it perfectly for the game-winning touchdown. But also the little nugget there about Noah Brown, when he tells Noah Brown, hey, I need you to basically cut the route short. I need you to run the route shorter. I need the depth of the route to be a little bit shorter, so we can get the ball out quickly. Something subtle, subtle, very small thing, but it can end up being huge in a a game-winning drive situation like that. Those are the little time, Those are the subtle things about him in the chess match within the game. He does understand that, and uh, it, it's pretty clear he's an advanced football intellectual. And that uh, that that cognition test or whatever it was. I don't know what the hell it measures, but it definitely don't measure football IQ and football acumen because he's got tons of it.
0: No, I mean, watching every game (laughs) he's played so far this year, he's special. He really is. There's no question about it. Uh, And as I said, who would have thought going into this game with Cincinnati, he'd have far better numbers than Joe Burrow. And he really does. I mean, Burrow's coming on. and We talked about his injury, but he's, you know, mm-hmm. 500 or 600 more passing yards, more touchdowns, fewer picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think he's playing with the complement of players that, that Joe Burrow does. Not even close. Uh, so, yeah, it's impressive for sure. Uh, I know you want to talk about the Cowboys, too. Oh, we'll I, got to one, that. No,
1: I got one more of the clip. We're not talk, we'll, we'll talk about the Cowboys later. Can I get to play this one more clip from Tank sure. Dale, though? Um, this is about the leadership. Can we have this ready, Ty? This is Tank Dale. Um, he was he drops a little nugget here talking about uh, the leadership of uh, C.J. Stroud. He was on a podcast. Uh, I'll get you the podcast here in a second, but here's uh, Tank
2: Dell, the rookie wide receiver. What separates CJ, man, from the rest of the quarterbacks in
1: the NFL, you think, that make him play so great right now?
2: That man's special, man. man. Um, <laughs> he's a god man for sure, but um, just the things he do, you know, like, we'll be, we got, like, a little group chat, all the receivers and the tight ends, and it'd be, like, 11 o'clock at night. He's sending videos, like, he sending videos through that he's been studying throughout the wow. week, like, showing us, like, you know, we install something like on this play. If we get this look, he'll tell a certain person, like, it'd be ready. You know, if they play like this, cut the route short or something like that. Like, he already 10 steps ahead before Sunday even comes. So once he out there, you know, he could just play ball, you know, have fun. Like, he ain't got to be out there, you know, nervous or thinking too much. He already did all the hard work throughout the week. So once that time comes, he just ready to go.
1: There you go. Um, man, advance. We know he has the team dinners at his house weekly. He has a lot of the team dinners. We also know he, you know, he helped uh, the team evaluate and draft take Dale. Remember, he was suggested they draft take Dale. That seems to be working out for him. Um, so, yeah, the leadership skill for him is on another level. Um, the group text with the players and letting them know about different plays. Uh, that he's, he's obviously the, you know, the ideal young phenom and franchise quarterback for the Texans we'll we'll tell Cowboys next time. Sorry about
0: that. For sure. No, we'll get to it. Uh, Also, I'll let you know, you see what J.J. Watt said when he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday about the Texans, which, you know, if you're a Texans, long-suffering Texans fan, you'll be excited because we know this. If you get quarterback right and you get head coach right, you got a chance to be relevant every year. Doesn't mean you're going to be winning Super Bowls next year, but you're in the mix. You're in the conversation. Got to get both of those things right, and if you do, you've got a shot, even in a very deep AFC, so future Brighton-Houston. Good stuff right there. We'll come back. We will hit the uh, uh, more on the Longhorns and uh, what's coming with Quinn yours, the latest. Also bullish or BS before the end of the hour, including the rumors of Pete Kwiatkowski being on a list for Lincoln Riley out at USC. Get you the very latest on that front, and as we said coming up in our 8 o'clock hour, Landry Bird Sideline radio reporter for the TCU Horn Frogs. Get his thoughts. He's seen every play from the field level. Uh, how good is this TCU team, even though their record says four and five? Are they better than that? Landry will let us know. Part of a busy Thursday here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. I wish you would step back from that, ledge, my friend. Aaron Hogan, Rod Hook <laughs> Hook 'em up. 1019 <laughs> AM 1260. The Horn. specs are on the, specs, on the uh, text line as well. Uh, it says, guys, Dak busted on the scene as a rookie, won 13 games. He plateaued and hit a ceiling. Teams will get tape on Stroud just saying, slow down a little bit. It could. Yeah, I, that's a fair point. Just, um, yeah, it's, I, I totally agree with that, but I'm just giving you the
1: actual facts. No, right. uh, and, I, and I will say this uh, about uh, Dak's. You know, Dak had a better team around him. Think about that old line. That old line was the best old line in the league at the time. It was built for Fragile Tony Romo. Right? I'm a Romo sexual. I remember that. It was built for him. I remember, he kept getting hurt. Remember Dak was a third string quarterback, actually. I remember Kellen Moore got hurt too before him. Yeah. And it was built for Fragile Tony Romo. So it was they, you had multiple all pros on that on that. Well, I mean, line. and
0: you had Zeke Elliott, was a sixteen hundred yard rusher. You had Zeke,
1: you had uh, wit.
0: Jackson, Hall of Famer, tight end.
1: Well, a wide receiver, wide well, receiver. that dense, offense was dense. built. It was. It, it was. It was. It was ready made yeah. for Tony Romo to make a run.
0: Yeah, and he did. He did. He threw 23 touchdowns that year. He had a 104 passer rating yeah. and burst scene, and that's fair, 100%. But, again, uh, the thing Str- Stroud are doing, this is not an argument. It's just the fact yeah. he's having the best rookie season of all time yes. through, through eight games, which is halfway through your season. So it's not with a small a, sample. With a
1: mass unit on the O-line.
0: And with no running ma- game at with, all.
1: With, with the third-worst running game potentially in the league, and the O-line is a mass unit. So I'm not disagreeing with the texture. Yes, we got to let this thing play out. But he as he just mentioned, he is doing some stuff we just haven't seen. Well, And
0: you're like, right. We were right about the It's, the it's more impressive than
1: what Dak did.
0: Well, and Dak Prescott was such a revelation because it was supposed to be – remember they took uh, – the debate was – I remember we were at the Combine, covering the Combine the year that the yeah. Cowboys took Zeke Elliott because we went up there because the Cowboys had the fourth pick. And who were the Cowboys going to take – And you don't take a running back that high. But at the same time, Jerry Jones, you know, had the belief that if you take a bell cow running back, it takes pressure off the quarterback who is, you know, suffering injuries here. Tony Romo, who carried the franchise for the previous half decade. Well, let's take this running back behind this line. It'll make it a lot of play action. And then, of course, Romo got hurt in training camp. And here comes Dak Prescott and proceeds to have an unbelievable rookie year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But it was a run-based team. That uh, that did, did have a hall of famer at, uh, at at you know a couple hall of famers on the O line yeah. and a, and a hall of fame tight end yeah and then Zeke Kelly had one of his best years that year he's over 1,600 yards he had 15 touchdowns uh, he was. Zeke at his best.
1: Yeah. So this is a
2: little different. Yeah, no, it's it not even
0: a criticism of yeah. Dak. He played great for he's a awesome. rookie quarterback. And look, he's still the starter. I mean, this yes. is you know, eight years later. He's still still going. And yep. he's got his having one of his better stretch of his of his career of exactly late. Right. Uh, but, you know, to the point of C.J. Stroud, it doesn't even have to be a debate. He is having the best rookie season statistically uh, of any quarterback, you know, that's ever had ever. It's crazy. Been a rookie. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, the history of the NFL. Yeah, you, that's not even When you say a... it, it feels like hyperbole. It's like, actually, it's not. It's not. He, he, already has, he already has an item in the Hall of Fame, his football, because he broke Dak's record for starting a season – starting a career, I should say, with the most pass attempts without an interception. So he already has that football in the Hall of Fame. And he's probably – he'll probably have two footballs because he'll probably have something from the game that he played where he had the most – Yeah, the 470 last Yeah, week. the most pass yards ever and the most touchdowns for our rookie. Well, and game. I'll so, say this.
0: I mean, the Texans, are, the Texans are not very relevant even in Texas for a lot of people. Hey, trust but me. I will say somebody who watches a lot of football, uh, he's, worth, he's worth the watch. He's fun to watch. It's a, it's a, it's, he, he's running a pass-first offense, which I know that's not what they want to be big picture in Houston but he's doing it at a really, really high level. He's, he's, he's kind of turned into must-see TV. That game on Sunday when he plays Joe Burrow will be a game you really want to see. I mean, that's two could really be, good quarterbacks. Could be a shootout, potentially. Oh, could be. Uh, yeah. Bengals play pretty damn good defense. That would be my concern because yeah. lost in the uh, the Texans' win and all the euphoria around Stroud was their defense Baker Mayfield shredded their defense I mean Baker Mayfield uh, was outstanding in that game and you feel bad for Baker because he he led his team down the field put him in the end zone and uh, he played really really well in that game it's on D'Amico uh, and yeah, D'Amico Ryan's defense couldn't hold it and uh, but so yeah, I, I would pick the Bengals to win that game Sunday. I just I just think their defense is better than what Houston. Houston did get Derek Stingley back practicing yesterday, which is a good thing. That's good. Uh, their young cornerback that can that can help big picture. Cowboys. I mean, you can go up. Go ahead and chalk up the next two games for the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to be um, you know seven and three through their first ten. They're going to play the Giants this week with Tommy DeVito as the starting quarterback. <laughs> this is this is a Giants team that uh, they won't oh, say they're tanking, but they are looking for that number one pick. Um, and, yeah. you know, why not? I mean, the, the, you know, the Daniel Jones experiment, you we know, just signed him to mass mega deal this summer. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're ready to move off of that already. Uh, and then the Carolina Panthers would be the game. That's, if there's any reason to watch the game tonight, which is the Bears and Carolina from uh, Chicago.
1: Early scouting, I guess.
0: Watch the Panthers, I guess. See Bryce Young. I want to see uh, Rojo and Deontay Foreman. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Deontay
1: Foreman's been playing really well.
0: Yeah, he was he had 20 carries last week. He's yeah. with Khalil Herbert out. He is the Bears' really leading runner. Um, you know, and it's the other story there in Chicago. You know, see Justin Fields won't play. Shot down. Tyson Bajent, the quarterback. That is that really cool story about the kid out of West Virginia who went to Division three school and set all the a, records. His dad's an arm wrestler? Yeah, his, dad's a, his dad is a 29-time <laughs> world champion arm wrestler. <laughs> that is fantastic. Who's as, who's as big a character as you'll ever see. I've seen some interviews with him. He's hilarious. His dad is. But Tyson Bajent is How one can of these.
1: You m- not be? You're a professional arm wrestler. I'm assuming you're, you're very interesting. You're a very interesting character. You can't be a boring professional arm wrestler. Wrestling. Arm wrestler, you got to have some stories <laughs> gotta, to tell, brother. Exactly. How many arms
0: have you broken? <laughs> you got to like, over the top. Do you drive a truck? Too? Over the top, yeah. yeah. Do you turn your hat around <laughs> to flip the switch like Sly Sloan used to do? Yeah, that's awesome. They, um, no, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun to, to, you know, the game might not be very good, but this story of him, you know, because he, he was he was a big time prospect in North you know, way up there in the little panhandle area of West Virginia, a little old town, mm-hmm. and he got he, he was a really good high school player, Bajin, but he got went unnoticed by anybody. And he ended up going to God, whatever the school he went to. But he could have transferred, right? He could have gone to a bigger school. He was good enough early yeah. that he could have moved to a bigger school and played. And no, he wanted to play with his dudes. He wanted he to play with his out. guys. He stuck oh, it really? out with the belief that – you know, I'll, I'll if make i got this the talent. If I got the talent, I got the talent. Yeah, and he was one of 16 quarterbacks invited to the combine last last year.
1: Okay, so he does have the talent.
0: Yeah. NFL will find you. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't get drafted, but he did enough at the combine to show, "Hey, this guy's got some arm talent to him." Yeah. And uh, of course the Bears picked him up and you know, he had he had some options and he picked the Bears cuz he felt like it was a place he could go play potentially. Hey, smart scout. Shepherd there, College he went to. Shepherd College in Harrisonburg, West Virginia. i going
1: to say whoa. whoa.
0: Yeah, Shepherd College. Okay. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I didn't think it was that nondescript. I thought he at least had something I'd heard of before.
0: I've never no, heard of Shepherd no. College in my life. No. So and, he, and that level of him? football, he won the Harlan Hill Trophy, which would be the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy.
1: Okay, so he's a baller. Uh,
0: to, to the most valuable player at Division two level. Man's a baller then. Okay. Sh- Shepherd College, Rod. Right, I love that
1: story because that does show you the NFL will find you. Yeah. Just ball out. If you're a baller, just focus on cultivating your craft and getting better. Yes, getting to a bigger stage. I know everybody wants to play for championships And play on the biggest stage You want to play with the best players And go to the league I get all that uh, But if you can ball The NFL will find you Now if you want to get drafted higher And you got a plan I get all that Because you're right it, He had to go the undrafted free agent route uh, That's the toughest route in the NFL But hell, I mean, a third of the league pretty much Is <laughs> more than a third of the league Are undrafted free agents pretty much So you, know, you got a shot And the NFL doesn't get it always right in the draft But if you have got talent And you get to somebody's NFL camp Oh, they'll look at you, and they'll look at you, and then they'll find you. They they don't let that slip through the cracks usually. That's tough. So.
0: Hey, a couple of notes on the games this weekend. I mentioned the te- Texans and Bengals. Uh, Jamar Chase didn't practice yesterday. He's got a back injury, so keep an eye on that. And T. Higgins. Dealing with an injury, too. Dealing with an injury, too. Hamstring. So that could yeah. be advantage Texans potentially. Oh, yeah. Texans sitting uh, there at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, also, the, speaking of, uh, we just want the you know the NFL will find you. Did you see this from Adam Schefter yesterday? The NFL sent a memo to all 32 teams informing them that all college juniors who declare for the draft in January will now be eligible to play in the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl, or the HBCU Legacy Bowl. That's going yeah. to the-
1: uh, yeah, you're right. I guess this is – I'm trying to say what this benefits the most. I guess it, it benefits the scouts and the evaluators more. Yeah, than,
0: last year 69 uh, juniors entered the draft but couldn't play because yeah. it was against the rules. Now they're going to be able to play, and they'll divvy up the talent. For, and you'll get, you, a, yeah,
1: but you'll get a look at more prospects basically. Yeah, so
0: if you're Jatavion Sanders and a junior and mm-hmm. you're declaring for the draft after this, you can go play in the senior bowl. Potentially, if you're invited, uh, that would be an opportunity to shine and get in front of head, you know, the NFL coaches and all the scouts. No, it's a great idea. I think it's a smart idea. You know, yeah. They're coming anyhow – Uh, You know, we only get to see them at the Combine at that point if they get invited there. This gives a chance to see uh, them and their maturity level and those kind of things. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Scouts are asking for it. And the players want to play in those kind of things to showcase their skills. All right, so uh, Cowboys, Giants this weekend, Texans, Bengals, Longhorns, Horned Frogs. Uh, Top of the hour after the headlines, we'll talk to our buddy uh, Landry Burdine. Whenever the Longhorns play TCU, we talk to Landry. Yes, sir. Uh, He is the go-to on the sidelines for every game. So he knows this team very, very well. How good is Josh Hoover? Um, at, you know, their record hey. says four and five, but the metrics would tell you they're better than a four and five football they, team. Yep. And uh, we'll ask Landry about that. Coming back though, bullish or BS? Including uh, is Pete Wachowski, uh being uh, sought by Lincoln Riley and USC? We'll get you the very latest on that. Ask Rod about it if he thinks PK would be interested. We'll have that coming back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook 'em up, one o one nine AM, twelve sixty, the Horn. We'll get all the scoop on the uh, TCU Horn Frogs. Our buddy Landry Birdine coming up after the uh, headlines at the top of the hour. So Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain once again in the eight o'clock hour. Hey Rod, the uh, texters are pushing back. They're calling BS on my feel bad for Baker thing. Whoa, four well, different on. four different texts came in that says you never ever feel bad for Baker Mayfield. Is it
1: because he's a Sooner?
0: Yeah, I guess any day Sooner. Baker loses is a good day. No, we don't feel sorry for Baker. They just keep calling and coming. So I apologize. They said I kind of Man. felt bad for Baker, but because he he played really good in that game. Ba- he's,
1: he's having a bit of a little comeback.
0: He is minor research. Yeah, he's in him. the conversation for comeback player of the year. Yeah, good uh, for him. Remember, he was released last year and up with the Rams at the end of last season I mean, playing just, for Sean McVay. It just
1: looked like he was done that he would basically never even get a starting job again. We know he's not going to be considered. Franchise quarterback again. I, that's a different discussion, but it was looking like he wasn't going to get a starting job again. Um, so I'm glad that Baker's landed somewhere. I know. Our, yeah, sorry, I know people said don't don't be happy for Baker. Don't be. But still, well, I'm glad that he's got a you know a second you know second leash on it.
0: Well, yeah. hopefully people start I mean, watching CJ Stroud and the Texans. But I, I mean I, that was a great game. It that was, was a really fun football game. Yeah. I mean 39-37. Houston lost their kicker, so they got this running back out there kicking extra points and kickoffs. I mean there was a lot of cool cool storylines to it and it was really really a good football game. Uh, and Baker Baker was excellent in that game. Uh, he really was. He made some really high high level throws. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris God, one of those guys. All right, what are you having, bullish or BS there, Rod B.? Uh, no, <laughs> that
1: was funny. So, so somebody sent me a Baker Mayfield story for a second. I got distracted. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, bullish or BS? And honestly, I, I don't even know if there is any bullish or BS with this. Um, Texas, right now, pro football focus has the Longhorns have graded uh, their D-tackles as the two highest-graded D-tackles in the country Um, officially, Texas has the best D-tackle duo in the country.
0: I think so. I mean, we, we watch them closer than anybody, so I'm sure there are other yeah, really high levels. exactly. And, you but, know. you know, even Georgia doesn't have the D-line they've had. They've got a good D-line. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I really like Ohio State's defensive front. I haven't watched – I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Michigan this year just because they haven't played anybody uh, that you got to – you know, you're, you're busy watching other games because they're just blowing somebody out. I'll watch them closely this week. But, you know, it's hard to argue with what Tavondre Sweat – and with what Byron Murphy do on a snap-by-snap snap basis. And it's good that they've got depth around them so that they can get, you know, they're fresh when they're on the field. Yep. I think that's the right thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would buy that. And mm-hmm. PFF, they, they do it with metrics. They're not doing it with, with the eyeball test. So I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. I'm bullish on that. All but right. that's what's frustrating. The BS part for Texas is you, you have this run defense It's among the best in the country, Yet you so you can make teams one-dimensional, yet you still get beat by that other dimension. Uh, PK and Terry Joseph and Blake Getting got to figure that out because this, this TCU team is a pass first team and yep. they can throw. I they mean, can throw it. if the kid doesn't make it, make it. We'll talk to Landry about this coming up. If the kid doesn't turn the ball over, they can be a problem, uh, especially against the weakness of Texas, which is uh, coverage uh, on the back end. Because uh, that, you know, you're, Rod, you play DB. And it feels like with the pressure they're getting this year and with the run defense and you're, you're putting teams into p- the passing downs, the loose coverage continues to be a problem where it doesn't feel like they're in sync. Like, what was the, the key to the fourth down play? The, and, and Sark talked about this. The, the front matched up with the back. Uh, the ability to play good coverage but also get pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's one of these things where the Longhorns are they're bringing pressure and they're getting teams into third down and longs. But... Then they're playing seven, eight yards off the ball. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. And Sark said the, the, the coverage
1: dictates the technique. Yeah. So the, the, the players aren't – this is how the coaches are deciding the technique is yeah. what, how I interpret that.
0: Yeah, which is frustrating. <laughs> and uh, you know, any any coach will tell you, we can make a team one-dimensional. We feel really good about that. Uh, but this, this team still struggles. It's their one – You know, that red zone offense, two-minute defense, defense. and this continue to be their problem. Uh, Speaking of that, Pete Kwiatkowski. uh, We told you this late in the show yesterday, but Bear's mentioning here in the 7 o'clock hour. uh, USC, of course, fired Alex Grinchrod on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Lincoln had to say bye-bye to his BFF. See ya. How about this? Bullish or BS? That's on the short list of candidates according to com, the on-three sports site that covers USC. Top three, Jim Leonard, Jim Knowles, Pete Kwiatkowski.
1: Uh, those are good candidates. I like all of those, actually. I think Jim
0: Knowles, they're probably at the top of the list for me. I would also say that, uh, according to this story, Jen Cohen, their new AD at USC, mm-hmm. was at Washington when Pete Kwiatkowski was there, and the report says that she may have already reached Contact out him. to people in and around Pete Kwiatkowski to gauge interest. And gauge um, interest.
1: he's a Southern Cal guy. Yes. He's, a, he's from Southern Cal. Oh,
0: yeah, it says here, we've been told by sources yeah. that Jen Cohen may have even met with people affiliated with Kwiatkowski to gauge his interest. There you go. Hey, now, you want know to be at the end of the year. Yeah, but, but still, if
1: it happens, Sarks got a list. All coaches have a list. It's okay. And, hell, GP may be at the top of that list.
0: <laughs> and Jim Leonard, by the way, is at Illinois. He had been in Wisconsin. Jim Knowles, of course, doing a great job at Ohio State. I don't know the heat jump. Kwiatkowski's interesting because of the Southern California ties and his ties to that athletic director. He's already making $1.7 million here.
1: Well, it's Southern California, so it is Southern California. And right. from there, there is a different
0: attraction. You know, I'd be bullish on Rod if he were to uh, to bolt Dave Aranda when he gets whacked at Baylor.
1: When he gets whacked at weight just, just wait it
2: out.
0: Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. How about having Dave Aranda coaching your defense you know on your happening? way into the? Do you know it's happening? Ad- that loss to Houston last week was big. Oh no. uh, To lose at home to U of H. Was they, really not like good. they really like him. They really. I know they do. Yeah. We'll be back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. <laughs>